Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. Live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. It is the calm before the storm or the wave or the tsunami or the red wedding. Tomorrow is the big day, election day. Don't forget the blood moon. And the blood moon, right? Um, because why not? Exactly. <laughs> because, because why not? Why not? It certainly fits for the cosmic times in which we feel as if we currently live. And, you know, we have been talking, particularly Todd kind of labeled it this several weeks ago, um, that this is the first time you feel like sanity is on the ballot. Like you are literally voting for sanity. And after you said that a few weeks ago, that really has stuck with me ever since. And I've seen a lot of people pick up that language as well. And we are, we are watching a major political party in America just literally brand itself demonically. It, it had an entire year. It had, it had total control, total control of both power and really the flow of information. It could have done upteen things to craft some form of an alternative narrative, to do something to address the kitchen table issues that most people vote on, crime. I guess we'd call that a kitchen table, like whether you get home to your kitchen table or not. And we just sat here and watched for an entire year while it never did any of those things. And it's, it's closing pitch to the country as it campaigns in places like New York and New Mexico trying to stave off cataclysmic levels of loss. It's closing pitch is Put up with systemic societal collapse so that you can have sy- systemic child sacrifice. That, that's basically its pitch. You have to start wondering, who are the people who will choose that tomorrow? I mean, because the best thing you can say is that Democrats are going with this pitch. Not idealistically, But out of desperation, they are trying to stave off losing another layer of their elected officials. And so they can't put up with a hyper-motivated Republican base plus existential losses of independence and then their own depressed base. So they are running on this to hold that last aspect off so that maybe they don't lose New York and and New Mexico. Okay, I get that analysis. But you can't take the moral component out of it. What does it say, if if that's the right analysis of why they're doing this, and it probably is, what does it say then about their base that that is the message that would help them hold on to those places? Last week, we talked to our good friend Shannon Joy, who's a New York talk show host. And I I asked her point blank because I've been adamant. People like her, others shouldn't be living in places like 
New York, Maryland, get the hell out of there. You're just wasting your citizenship, wasting your tax dollars. Those places are lost. Okay. And I'm, I'm open to, I want to be wrong. I want to see them get flipped tomorrow. And if they are, by all means, we will let uh, Shannon take the rolling pin to my backside here on the show. I'm, I, I would, I, one of the few, few times, there's few times in my life I've, I've not wanted to be wrong more. All right, and, and taking my comeuppance. But the flip side is true as well. In this environment, with no distractions, can't say, let's not say Nikolai unpopular. Not on the ballot. No, no excuses. There are no excuses. It's fresh in the brain. They're still trying to tell you to poison your children with that jab to go to school over there. And in places like that, everything is still fresh in everybody's memory banks. So isn't the other side of this then true? is if you can't flip places like New York and some of these places in this environment, then they're done. It's just they're unflippable, and, it's, and we are, Jesus said, kick the dust off your sandals and move on. What you just said is the perfect way of fleshing out what I mean when I say this is the most important election of my lifetime because of exactly that line in the sand. Exactly. Well, this is the last time that we're going to be together in this studio uh, until next Monday. Uh, and so we're taking some time off at the end of the week post-election. Um, and then right after today's show, I am flying down to Dallas to help out with tomorrow night's election night coverage on Blaze TV. I'll be there with Glenn Beck, Allie Beth Stuckey, Jason Whitlock, and uh, lots of other Blaze TV colleagues will be a part of that as well. Festivities begin 6.45 p.m. Eastern right now is what time we're looking at starting. And who knows what time we will go until Um, we went well past midnight. It was basically Glenn and I talking to ourselves well past midnight back in uh, 2020. Did the end times come up like uh, when I was there? <laughs> nice. We felt like it when, the, when, the, when <laughs> we woke up the next morning and saw the, the drop boxes at 4 a.m. Yeah, yeah. It, did, it did come up the next morning. You bet it did. All right. Go to blazetv.com so you don't miss this. We're offering, as far as I can recall, the biggest discount we've ever offered before here on Blaze TV. With the promo code REDWAVE, you get 30% off. $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. Blaze TV was where you want to go. BlazeTV.com. Use the promo code REDWAVE for $30 off and get all of our exclusive content right here at the most inexpensive we've ever made it before. Promo code REDWAVE at BlazeTV.com. We'll see you there tomorrow night. With all of that, of course, we've got Bob Vanderplotz joining us here at the bottom of the hour. We have some Ask Me Anything Yes. Next hour, I have rarely done this, um, but I did make a request because of the uh, urgency of the election. If we had election questions that you were considering to move them to the front of the line, but if you don't, and uh, we always want the best questions regardless of subject matter. It's almost all politics and it's almost all the greatest hits right here at the 11th hour. Why not? They just want to know one more time. Yep what you have to think about the most fundamental issues. All right, we'll get to that and more coming up here today on the show. But first, right after we get to Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by The Final Drive. What you're about to see is a live look-in at Democrats across the country making their final pitch to Americans. Interesting strategy, but here we go. We witnessed one of the best metaphors of all time go down in Pennsylvania. Watch this. 
to serve Pennsylvania. For those of you listening, what we just watched was the beginning of a... I guess you could call it a speech from Pennsylvania U.S. Senate candidate John Fetterman. Before he even begins to speak, the gusty conditions blow over a row of flags behind him. Because he's a vegetable, he has no idea what just happened and continues on with his speech. In Georgia, Stacey Abrams is still big mad. Governor Brian Kemp reopened the state early. He prematurely opened the state without the cautions and the precautions that we needed. In New York, we have progressive on progressive on progressive crime, courtesy of this interview with Kathy Hochul by MSNBC. But I'm going to interrupt you then. Here's the problem. We don't feel safe. You might be working closely with Mayor Adams. You may have spent a whole lot of money, but I walk into my pharmacy and everything is on lockdown because of shoplifters. I'm not going in the subway. People don't feel safe in this town. So you may have done these things, but right now we're not feeling good. We're worried we could be San Francisco. Yes, that's a left-wing propagandist on a left-wing outlet to a left-wing politician about one left-wing city turning into another left-wing city. Tweet from Blue Check Mona Sharon at something called the Bulwark. Quote, other than murder, violent crime is not up. Did you know that violent crime is a key midterm voting issue? But what does the data say? And now adventures in dementia with Joe Biden. 10, 12, 15. Oops, stepping on them. There's a, it's black. Anyway, I deal with a climate crisis. I know you all know there's no climate problem. Tweet from Politico, the 2020 presidential election was rife with allegations of voting machine hacks that were later debunked. Yet there are real risks that hackers could tunnel into voting equipment and other election infrastructure to try to undermine Tuesday's vote. At a rally in Pennsylvania, Donald Trump fired a warning shot at Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's 2024 prospects. Oops, wrong clip. Trump at 71, Ron DeSanctimonious at 10%, Mike Pence at 7. Oh, Mike's doing better than I thought. The Florida Board of Medicine has formally banned the use of chemical castration and gender mutilation for minors with gender dysphoria in Tennessee. The Daily Wire's Matt Walsh announced last night he's seen the text of a bill in that state that would do the same thing. Obviously, another big win. All right, probably the last midterm polling update on the montage this year. We will begin with the final Trafalgar poll of Ohio, which has J.D. Vance opening up a 10-point lead over Democrat Tim Ryan in that Senate race. The final Trafalgar poll of North Carolina finds Republican Ted Budd up 51 to 46 over Democrat Sherry Beasley. The final Trafalgar poll of Wisconsin's Senate race finds a little tighter margin for Ron Johnson. He's up by three points over Democrat Mandela Barnes, 50 to 47. In the gubernatorial race, Republican Tim Michaels leads incumbent Tony Evers, 50 to 48. The final Arizona poll by People's Pundit has Blake Masters ahead of Democrat Mark Kelly, 49 to 48 in the Senate race. That poll also has Kerry Lake up 51 to 47 percent in the gubernatorial race. The final Emerson poll of Ohio has J.D. Vance up by nine points over Tim Ryan, 53 to 44. Final Emerson polling from elsewhere finds Masters ahead in Arizona by less than a point. Oz ahead of Fetterman by a point in Pennsylvania. Laxalt ahead of Democrat Catherine Cortez Masto by five points in Nevada and Ron Johnson ahead by five over Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee, Nate Silver prepares for a biennial tradition of screaming that his wildly erroneous polls were somehow right. And that's what happened while we were away. Hmm. Aaron's montage brought to you by our friends over at Preborn. Almost one out of every five Americans in the Roe v. Wade era 
never had a chance to live outside of the womb because of abortion. The ministry at Preborn has been partnering for a while now with Blaze Media and now including our own show. And that partnership has helped rescue over 50,000 babies from abortion. Uh, 80% of the time when a mom sees the sonogram, he feels, hears the heartbeat of her baby. She can't go through with it. She knows that there is a real life in there. And, and so there's a lot of great ministries out there right now that do that level of heart to heart street kind of evangelism for both the mother and the child that you could, that, that you could um, support. Why we love Preborn and we're partnering with them here on the show is the unique ministry opportunity that the end of Roe v. Wade provides. That this is an opportunity for, sh- for us to show all along that we did love them both. That we weren't just trying to save uh, baby Steve in the, in, the, in the tummy of a 15-year-old girl 48 years ago. But we, we wanted to be there for that 15-year-old girl too who has got no clue on how to be a mom. Like my mom didn't have a clue, right? And that's what they do. That they, the aftercare, maternity, uh, baby clothes, diapers, car seats, counseling, and all of that is free of charge with the support from people like us. If you want to make a donation, go to dial pound 250 on your phone. Say the keyword baby. Dial pound 250. Say the keyword baby on your phone. Or if this is simpler, when we donated, this is all we did. Uh, we went to preborn.com slash Steve. That's preborn.com slash Steve. Coming up in the overtime today, and, and this is going to come close to setting a record for the most voted in Twitter poll I have ever submitted. Hmm. In the overtime today, we are going to discuss the results of a poll question I asked last night, which is, if you knew in advance that Republicans could capture the majority of the U.S. Senate without needing Mehmet Oz to win in Pennsylvania, would you still want Mehmet Oz to win? We will discuss those results and what we think they mean in the overtime today. I mean, the last I saw, there were well over, and it's been since I first got up this morning, well over 10,000 people had voted in this, like well over. And I, I, I know that's not quite the record. I think we've gotten to like maybe close to 20,000 before. But I mean, it's, it's going to be one of the most voted in polls we have ever had. All right. We will discuss that in today's overtime for Blaze TV subscribers later today at blazetv.com slash dace. That's blazetv.com slash D-E-A-C-E. All right, let's let's get to the montage. And the whole we're gonna we're gonna talk more about this with Bob Vanderplotz here at the bottom of the hour, because I know he wants to address the comments that Trump made about uh, Ron DeSantis. So let's just table that for now. And um I will say this. If I'm Doug Mastriano, I'm really pissed about that. Like did you even know where that rally took place? No. No? Did you even know who it was actually for? No. No. Do you know who it was supposed to be about? No. But you know who it was about? Yes. And you know what he said? Yes. Yeah. So they already had an attendance problem there at that rally. Now, don't get me wrong. It's We're speaking relatively here, mm-hmm. okay? It's a little bit like saying, well, Ohio State struggled. They only won by two touchdowns and a, you know in a, in a windstorm, you know, what's wrong. Okay. We're still talking about the most potent political brand in America, right? So when we say attendance was down at a Trump rally, we're still, you gotta have a sliding scale Mm -hmm. here because we're still talking about a guy who can attract crowds that almost no one else can rival at the moment. Mm -hmm. All right. So, but with that said, 
that was not as well attended as they were hoping over the weekend. And if I'm Doug, Doug Mastriano, I, I need all the help I can get. And I, I don't need you coming in here and making this about the Florida governor. I, I need it to be about me. So if I'm the Mastriano campaign, not all that happy with how that went down. And, but we'll, we'll discuss more about that here at the bottom of the hour. Cause I know Bob Vanderplatz wants to talk about that. Here's what I want to do. Well, first of all, <laughs> do you know who Mona Sharon is? Aaron? No. That name doesn't mean anything to you? No. You know who she is, right? I do. Yeah. If you are Gen X or Boomer, you know who Mona Sharon is. She used to be a big deal. Yeah. I mean, she used to be a very prominent pundit going back to like the Reagan era on the right. Yeah. And, and now, simply because... Trump ran on and then did some of the stuff that the Mona Sharons of the world claimed for the 30 years prior to Trump's arrival that they were actually for. But when Republicans won, never actually did because Trump ran on those things and then actually did some of them. Suddenly now she's she has been reduced to writing stories like violent crime is down unless you're talking about murder, the most violent of all of the crimes, the one you cannot come back from. Who has ever come back from a murder? One and we worship him, okay? No one else has ever returned from a murder. <laughs> I mean, stop and think about how, how much you had, to, you had to let him wreck your mind. Go, go tell your 1993 self, Todd, that you would live to see the day that Mona Sharon would write, violent crime's down unless you, you know, look at murder, but murder aside, it's going great. Forget my 1993... 2003. 2013s. I I don't understand allowing yourself to be reduced to that. Most minus minus getting paid off. Who's paying off Mona Sharon? Nobody. Nobody is. All right. So I I I get prostitution. It's the oldest profession. Pop mama needs a new pair of shoes. We all gotta eat. I get it. Okay. I totally get that. All right. Like I saw some people over the weekend with just some beyond ridiculous takes trying to excuse Trump's lame attack on DeSantis over the weekend. And it's just, I'm not mad at you. Some of them have been guests on the show. I like them. You don't bite the hand that feeds you. I get it. We all got to eat. I get it. All right. No one's buying off Mona Sharon. She just allowed herself to get that broken. That's pathetic. I've been thinking about that a lot this weekend. Donald Trump was supposed to teach people on both sides a lot of us a lot of lessons you've admitted that that you didn't understand exactly all none of us did but this is your show that this is i I learned some lessons from what happened with donald trump absolutely and being in the heart of the cruise program uh cruise uh, election uh cycle but almost everybody on both sides learned the exact wrong lesson and they dig it dug in even further on the kind of things that were uh, clearly either Trojan horse uh, aspects of their uh, political calculus or just overt fraudulent, I was lying this whole time. I, I, it's just remarkable that as deep as we are into this now, nobody wants to learn the right I lessons know. just because they came from that guy. I know. Other than he's punching me in the face more often than he ever has before, he's really a good husband and a you know unselfish lover and a good provider. 
That's, is that not her, essentially her take? Is that not essentially her take? It's not. And that's, that's smart analysis? I know. That's why I've been thinking about it all weekend. They, they want, we, Donald Trump is, for all his faults, is just a, this marvelous shibboleth to tell us. Most exact, clarifying force yes. in American political history and potentially in the history of America. Yes. Like that because of how balkanized things are compared to previous eras. He is the most clarifying force of all time. No question about that. No, I mean, and, you know, just add the tombstone of what used to be Mona Sharon's uh, credibility and integrity. Mm-hmm. Add that, you know, into the graveyard of uh, souls who have succumbed before. Here's what I want to do. Oh, by the way, Politico. <laughs> Hate the game, not the player. I ain't mad at you at all. I ain't mad at you. The same machines were not hacked in 2020, but they might get hacked in 2022. I just. It's beautiful. It is. (laughs) I mean, you guys didn't see it off camera, but Todd broke into unbridled laughter when that when that story showed up in the montage. You just have to just I respect it. I, I like who was it yesterday? What major outlet came out with a poll that had Democrats plus one on the generic ballot? And I'm just like, you mock the people at Hale Bob when they take the hemlock, right? Like, what a bunch of idiots. You didn't get the deliverance you wanted, so instead of realizing you'd been scammed, you just scammed yourselves, right? I mean, you mock that. What do you do with the person who says, I want to join, I want to join Hale Bob after I've seen all the dead bodies? At that point, I think you just got to respect the level of conviction, don't you? <laughs> At that point, you're just like, I mean, keep keep blink, bleeping far away from me and my kids. Did I tell right? you there's a blood moon tomorrow? Yeah, yes. Keep as bleeping far away from me and my kids as you can. But play to play. Respect. Pour one out. 5,000 G. I got to respect that. You want to join Hale Bob after you witness the bodies? Okay. I mean, I don't know. I can't argue with that. I'm just like, see you in hell. What, what, what's the other answer to that? This is going to be one heck of a week. <laughs> All right, let's do this. We got about eight minutes. And, and I'm going to have plenty to say next hour when the questions come in. So why don't you guys take this time? What are you thinking right now about any of this? The crazy voices part of my head, which is we're constantly in that mode. The crazy voices part of my head thinks that tomorrow could just be kind of mad because we're just so far gone as a people. The more analytical part of my brain uh, says this is going to be somewhere. Red wave is the floor, I think. I think it's going to be somewhere in between uh, red tsunami and red wedding. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure what could happen. Well, there's a couple of things that could happen between now and tomorrow that might sway things, but I think the, the, the cake is, is pretty much baked at this point. I mean, I, I began that montage with, uh, a couple of scenes from family guy of, of people 
literally pouring gasoline on themselves and lighting themselves on fire. That's a different way of saying what you said at the beginning of, of this program. Democrats' closing pitch is, you get to have systemic collapse, pay 480% more for just, you know, living, and you get to keep killing babies. That's, that's their closing pitch. That's, that's really, really cool. What makes me think that this could be, and I don't know, I've asked a couple of people after this went down, I think on Thursday or Friday, you've got people like Colin Cowherd on Fox Sports Radio, who I've never heard get political about like almost anything in my, in my knowledge. And I don't listen to him that often, don't really have the chance to. You hear him saying things like, this is going to be a red wave. Uh, get the bleep away from our kids. That makes you go, yo. Um, and other than the comments section on Twitter, we'll see. We'll see if that is a larger resonating force tomorrow. I have to believe that at least to some degree it will be. Those are just little anecdotal things that I, I look at. You can't make, really make determinations about your larger pictures, but I look at those types of things. That's not only encouraging just, you know, regardless of election, uh, I think that may be a sign that where people's heads are. You already have the baked in. I'm going to uh, get uh, royally screwed at the grocery store again this week. And then you're trying to trans my kids at the same time. Not a message that I think flies with a lot of people. Todd? Well, I'm not interested in anything other than uh, the level of accountability that you started out talking uh, about Shannon, with uh, concerning Shannon Joy with in New York. It cuts both ways. That that doesn't just apply to geographical areas of our nation. I mean, it is a deep sadness. Uh, I haven't been to New York like you, Steve, but here in our backyard, we we have pre pre COVID. I love New yeah, York yeah. City, and it was one of my favorite places to go visit. Chicago, I've been to countless times. I've walked through uh, Chicago with my young family, you know, visiting all the museums and things you do. Wouldn't even think about doing that now. I, I want that to turn around, but it's not just that. It's here in every single part of this country being able to walk into your school district and know there aren't groomers there. Be able to know that if there's a drag queen story hour at the park or the library down the street, that the sheriff, instead of twiddling his thumbs, is going to make arrests. That, that is the, that's my bottom line. Either that starts happening or everything we're doing now is a failure. I'm not negotiating on those terms we need to show that we mean business, and that means with consequences like we've never seen before in our adult lifetime. One other thing on the on, since probably won't have time after after Bob comes in, if you're going to attempt to brand Ron DeSantis as as establishment, that's not going to go the way that you think it's going to go. And I don't mean that because Ron DeSantis, no, he. And the people he has working for you, for for you, or for him, actually learned how to play the game from Trump to some degree. You can see it in how they've responded to everything Correct. up until this point. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's not going to go the way that that you think it's going to go. Um. I want Carrie Lake. Did you see her talking about Hillary Clinton and sleeping with one eye open kind of stuff? I mean, I. I 
all of you all the time just learn learn from her yeah just like right rubbing everybody's faces right in it that's you you must do that and it is a kindness you are paying to your children it forget trying to be kind to the people that hate you and want you dead i can't believe i have to say that but christian across the street please stop it it is nonsense it is nonsense Jesus wants you to care about your own child that is being victimized and sacrificed in the volcano more than the ridiculous lie you've told yourself, David French, in the name of God, that you have got to be deeply, deeply nice to the person that hates you, that they want you dead without seeking repentance. Be done with that. That is very well said, both of you. I, I I just bristle at, at, at saying it out loud. This is the most important of election of our lifetime. So I've just heard that scam so many times. And we just went in the same direction, regardless of who mm-hmm. won, right? I'll at least say this. It's the most clarifying one. There is no personalities that are the face of all of this to get in the way this is this is the, this is as as boldly honest about the agenda as the other the other side is just doing the stuff we used to do you know um, uh, theoretical talk shows about so we're going to put everybody on the record in terms of complacency yes in terms of what they're willing to put up with what they're willing to stand up to we're going on the record Guys, what's the first thing you notice when you take a look at a photo of yourself? If you said your receding hairline, the bald spot, well, Keeps can help you change that. Did you know two out of three guys experience hair loss even before they're 35? Do you really want to gamble with your hair? Flip the odds in your favor and save it with our friends over at Keeps, whether you're looking to prevent hair loss, stimulate hair growth, or take better care of the hair you already have. Keeps can help you hook up with a medical provider that'll help you find the right products and develop a personalized health or hair saving routine that works just for you. No waiting rooms or pharmacy visits. It's all also delivered straight to your door at about half the cost of a traditional pharmacy. That's right. I said half the cost. And if you have questions, uh, you you can message your Keeps provider 24-7. So get ready to take action. Go to Keeps.com slash grow. And also get 50% off your first order when you do. Keeps.com slash grow. K-E-E-P-S for Keeps.com slash grow. Let's bring in our good friend Bob Vanderplatz here from the family leader. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Doing really well. How are you? I'm good. So I, we, we will discuss the whole Trump thing here later uh, but i, I want to this isn't about him right now no sure. matter if he it tries to make it about him i i got a little birdie text me today that maggie haberman at the new york times who trump has had a multi like decade-long obsession with is telling people that trump's going to announce as soon as tonight mm. okay but we'll get to that later there is a there is a very important matter on the table here with this particular election and Todd has said he thinks it might be the most important election of his lifetime because it's the first time he can remember voting for sanity on the ballot. I just can't utter the phrase because I've just heard it said so many times over the course of my life when it hasn't been true. Todd is probably right, but I can't bring myself to say it. I will say this. It might be the most clarifying one. 
This is the most honest the spirit of the age has been about its agenda. And there isn't some personality, like, like say, a Trump, that gives somebody an excuse. You know, uh, well, I, the tweets were mean, so 480% more inflation. All excuses are gone. The economic performance is underwhelming. The cultural rot gut is out in the open. The devil's just out there wearing a unitard with a pitchfork, brother. All right. So there are no excuses. Everyone's going on the record here. Even if they don't vote, then you went on the record that you just don't care enough to take self-government seriously. Right. So everyone's going on the record here one way or the other. So I do think given the stakes and, and the level of transparency, it might be the most clarifying election of my lifetime. Well, I think you're right. I think Todd's right. And I tell people every election should be the most important election of your lifetime because it's the next election. And our job is to participate in it. And if you're part of the church, if you wear the Christian jersey, your job is to be part of the timeless voice to a culture, a prophetic voice to a culture. And right now we see a culture that's just not drifting away from the heart of God, which Hebrews 2 verse 1 warns us about. But we are sprinting away from the heart of God. And that's why, Steve, I believe you come up with the, the word, the most clarifying election of our lifetime. Because on, on any metrics, you take a look at what's taking place today, uh, it's not where at least people of faith want to be. And so I think it's time to put our, our voice behind our vote, go to the polls tomorrow, and vote for sanity. And like I talked about with our team just before I came in here, I believe we're going to win races that we never thought we were going to win tomorrow night. And that, that should be a good sign for us as a country, that the, the country also sees the garbage that has taken place. You know, whether it's boys competing against Todd's daughter, you know, they, they see that doesn't make any sense. Or boys in a high school locker room or the trans, you know, whatever that, that deal is, is just, you know, we all need to adopt that type of wokeness. The hyperinflation, whether you have the gas pump or in the grocery store, uh, the Afghanistan, the, the disrespect across the globe, even Putin in Ukraine, you could go back to Putin's not doing that if there's real leadership in the United States. So I think a lot of people are just seeing this is a mess. We need to have we need to bring this thing back. So I think you see a boomerang effect tomorrow night. And I think it's going to be a red wave or in your words, which you predicted a long time ago. A red tsunami. Yeah, I started using that terminology a little over a month ago. It is now trending. Hashtag red tsunami is now trending worldwide on Twitter as we speak. I would take credit. <laughs> nice. nice. So you have been around the country um, and you guys are organizing in states all over the country. We are. Where have you been? Where are you organizing and what have you seen on the ground? Well, I got to tell you, the, the states that we're focused on right now, uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia. Uh, we're also in Arizona, of course, our own state of Iowa. And then, then we're, we're in Ohio. We're in Minnesota. We're in Wisconsin. We're in New Hampshire. Uh, we're in Indiana and Pennsylvania, Kansas and Texas. Uh, but what's interesting where people thought Texas, that Beto O'Rourke was going to give Abbott a run. You don't hear about that race at all. Mm -hmm. Abbott's going to just trounce him because mm -hmm. Texas is waking up. Texas is going to become the red state that they claim to be tomorrow night. Uh, but you take a look at Georgia. Uh, we always thought Kemp was going to win, but now we think, you know, Herschel Walker is going to win. Uh, you take a look at Pennsylvania, and Pennsylvania may be a state to watch, but my goodness, uh, if Pennsylvanians elect Fetterman, and, and take Fetterman's politics out of it. I mean, I feel sorry for the guy, but is this the type of guy that we say should be serving in the U.S. Senate? So I think Oz wins. 
even though we have some of our own issues with Oz. But I think Kerry Lake wins. I think Blake Masters has a shot against Ron Kelly. And why is that telling? Because earlier, though the powers that be pulled their money out of Blake Masters, saying Ron, Ron Kelly's going to win this. Mark Kelly, I mean. Mark yeah. Kelly, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, you know, that that Blake Masters uh, was going to get trounced by, by Mark Kelly. So now he's got a shot. So I think what that tells you is that state legislatures uh, are going to turn red. We're involved in very six high-profile races here, state legislative-wise, in the state of Iowa. We think all six are going to go our way. It's not just Republican, but these are good Christian conservatives who want to play for an audience of one, and we can't wait to get behind them and get them into office. So let's talk about the event that lit uh, social media on fire over the weekend. And let me let me start with this, because I said this, we only discussed it briefly because I know you wanted to talk about it. So I didn't want to spoil it for the audience. I did say this. If I'm if I'm Doug Mastriano, I'm very pissed off here today. All right. I mean, first of all, we did not get the crowd that you probably thought you were going to get now. Understand, we're still talking about arguably the most potent political brand in America, Donald Trump. Sure. So when we say you didn't get the crowd you didn't want to get, that's a little bit like complaining about Ohio State's scoring margin. OK, <laughs> I mean, so it, we're, we're, we're speaking relatively here. All right. But he did not get the crowd. And of course, a lot of people don't even know that the comment, the, the throwaway comment he made about DeSantis was even in Pennsylvania. It, 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 it wasn't about you at all. Right. And, and you need this last minute push. He made it about himself. Um, and, and, and there was a, there was a significant, I mean, I, I saw the comment because when I got on my feed, uh, after the Michigan Rutgers football game, I was watching, it was all the blowback before I yeah. even saw what he said. I'm like, what the hell did he say? Like, I didn't even know he said Ron de Sanctimonious. I just saw the amount of blowback on conservative Twitter for him even going there at all. And then when I saw the nickname, I'm like. Dude, that's pretty lame, and that's like Van Halen coming back a third time with Gary Sharon on vocals. I mean, mm-hmm. no one—that's your—that's your new material. Just do nostalgia tours and call it a career, okay? For the do, yeah. do Cougar nostalgia tours, and that's you're tapped out, right? But um, the amount of pushback against that, and then the very next day he held a rally in Florida and had and and said reelect Ron DeSantis as governor. So clearly he felt that. What's your take on this whole thing? Well, there's no doubt he got blowback, and he should have got blowback. Uh, I mean, I read your tweet about, you know, <laughs> your best days are gone, buddy, if this is all you've got today. But you're attacking a rock star mm-hmm. today in the conservative movement. When you helped forge, by yeah. the way. And yeah. we've, we've been talking about DeSantis here for a long time, wishing that other governors would be like DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Keep your schools open. He was right on COVID when Trump was still taking Fauci and advice of saying, you'll close down everything. So DeSantis was right on a lot of stuff. So to go after DeSantis was not just a mistake. It showed a bad leadership pulse. It's not leadership. It's not funny. It's not what's best for the country. But I think more importantly, this is how you lose in 2024. And I think he needs to understand that, that if this is going to be about tearing down other conservative rock stars in 2024, we will get beat in 2024. So I'm glad the blowback happened because it sent him a message, I think. You know, you don't get to do this. And matter of fact, I got a lot of people, including some avid Trump supporters saying, I can't go through another four years of this. I got to tell you. I'm just throwing out names and throwing out whatever. I I, I, I can't remember the last time I got as much 
because a lot of people know, especially during football season, man, don't even try to reach me with any of this stuff. Because on the weekends, I'm just, I go to my quiet little Idaho to reboot, right? I can't remember the last time on a Sunday I got this amount of texts, emails, uh, inbox messages from, you know, VIP friends of mine around the country, just our, our viewers and listeners in my inbox. Yep. I cannot remember the last time I got this much interaction on a Sunday. It was probably, yep. you know, when they were still figuring how to count votes in Pennsylvania two years ago yep. was the last time I got this amount of uh, feedback on a Sunday about something political and it was all negative. Yep. And, and, and essentially it was people saying, why would you do this when we're this united and this election is that important? There's a whole year next year you can do this. Why would you do this now? There's nothing. It makes no sense to me. There's nothing to gain. Everybody was negative about it. And he fed the narrative. It's all about me. Mm-hmm. And this is all I've got to call somebody a name. This is like Lion Ted, Little Marco, whatever it might be that you want to do that to. Those have a lot a yep. simpler ring to it than desanctimonious. Well, well, sure it does. Most so, people don't even know what that means. But, frankly, that, but, but that's why you're saying you've lost it. I mean, mm-hmm. this is your nostalgia tour type thing. Being a candidate and being around a lot of campaigns, we always use the phrase, you know, don't take oxygen out of our own balloon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or don't crap where you live. Uh, yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah. that's what you say. <laughs> don't take oxygen out of our own balloon. However, If Maggie Haberman is right, that he might announce as soon as tonight, he took oxygen out of his own balloon with his own base by doing that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who believe Trump should not run in 24 because as he was prior only bet to win against Hillary in 2016, there's a lot of people believe he's our only shot at losing in 2024. Put somebody up like DeSantis, put somebody up like whoever else you want, but that's how we're going to win. By him doing that, I think it even dilutes his own base. That's a mistake on his part. On the other hand, if I am the Ron DeSantis people, I'm ecstatic at oh, this. Oh, ecstatic. Not only I mean, ecstatic. he put me on an even, he put me on an, and then the, and then the organic blowback before I, I, we even had a chance to mobilize a response. I'm ecstatic at what was said. Well, if you're DeSantis, you got to put this all into calculations. Number one is your star is at an all-time high. Mm-hmm. And politically, you know, you cannot risk your star being at an all-time high for another two years, four years, six years. Let me tell you what happens if Ron DeSantis doesn't run this time. Carrie Lake will become the first Without elected question. female president of the United States. Right now she will be because her star is on the rise. I agree. Yep. And so DeSantis knows this is his time to maximize and monetize this moment. And with Trump going after him, now he's got the reason why I'm going in. Final thing. I, I posted. This is going to be fun, by the way. The, I love this. The, the first thing I posted in reaction to this Saturday night was this was these six statements in order. Number one. There'd be no Ron DeSantis without Donald Trump. Number two, Trump was a marvelous president pre-COVID. Number three, DeSantis is arguably the best Republican governor ever. Number four, Trump surrendered his presidency to COVID. Number five, the 2020 election was a fraud. Number six, DeSantis helped save the country from COVID. That's my TED Talk on the matter. True, true, true. And the election didn't need to be that close. I mean, the election being a fraud, you bet there's a lot of irregularities we talk about. Do you see the Politico piece today? They literally ran a headline that said the voting machines didn't malfunction in 2020, (laughs) but they could be hacked in 2022. Uh, Of course they They literally ran that story today. And the thing of it is, get that absentee ballot system back to where it was meant to be. What I'm saying is that election shouldn't have been that close regardless. Uh, Trump made it that close. That's my problem. Good stuff, brother. Appreciate it. All right. God bless. All right. Same to you.
Uh, Bob brought to you by our friends over at Tyga Coolers. Tailgate season is here. And if you are headed out, you're looking for a really cool cooler, all American made, comes with a lifetime warranty as well. From people who are big fans of the Blaze, Wayne over at Tyga Coolers actually just emailed me here about something during the break because he had heard what we were talking about and he was tuned in. These are people that love the country just like all of you do. All American made, not like every other cooler that's made in China. All right. All American made, lifetime warranty. They can customize them as well. So if you're looking at corporate gifts or family gifts, these are really awesome coolers. Go to tigacoolers.com, T-A-I-G-A, T-A-I-G-A, and use the promo code Steve for a 10% discount when you do at tigacoolers.com, promo code Steve for 10% off. Gentlemen, your thoughts on the conversation we just had with Bob Vanderblotz? Talking about the DeSantis Trump stuff particularly. Yeah, well, those people emailing you on a Sunday are really the ones that are going to decide this. You're, and that's why this is the most important election of our lifetime, in my estimation. Are you going to be the people that email Steve Dace, or are you just going to be the people that put your thumb on the scale and say, this is how it's going to be? And if you're that kind of people, we don't have to worry about these kind of arguments between Trump or DeSantis in the first place. They will be responding to you all the time instead of you responding to them. Iowa is now turning into that state here. It's not just a bunch of political games where we take the lesser of two evils. We have an abundance of quality options now in Iowa because Iowans are saying we're in charge. You get to decide. Steve, going forward, as much as we love this show... we need to we it steve said last week we're empowering you to take your damn country back so go out there and take it back no matter it's at the federal the state or the local level i saw that commercial todd you mentioned last week of kim reynolds where she goes out in this this aired right before sunday night football last night uh where iowans were the best of america we still know right from wrong girl and boy i mean that is that you you could not pull teeth uh, ten years ago for a, a, for any generic GOP exactly. candidate to be that bold because that is bold these days that is very bold so that's an example of what you're talking about the Democrats already had a talent problem within their ranks they mm-hmm. already did mm-hmm. they're gonna they might have an even bigger one tomorrow night if this goes down the way that we thought it was it, it did on the on the GOP side as Todd was saying we have a number of options right now. Now, not a ton of options, but a number of options. With Donald Trump being president again in 2024, as unlikely as that is probably right now, would that be better than uh, a lot of Republicans that we've gotten in the past? Probably. Carrie Lake, Ron DeSantis, certainly. So if that does not happen, either one of two things is true. We didn't take our damn country back. Or we were already so far gone that was never going to happen in the first place. That's where we are right now. That's where we're living. The one thing this does do, and I, it, it goes to the jab as well, is the secret sauce of Trump's success is that for all of his ego, he allowed himself to be a vehicle for the people. He felt, it felt like he was one with the people. And this is now between the jab and now this, where yeah. he feels like he's, he tells you what, what is, you, he's leading you as opposed to he's one of you. Mm-hmm. And that's if I were betting on his political prospects moving forward. That's a trend line I'd be concerned about. Hour two is next.
All right, we're back with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Totters and Aaron McIntyre and all of you. And all of you can let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. Email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, MeWe, Parlor and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter, Getter. Also, Instagram and TikTok. Find me over on Rumble at rumble.com slash Steve Day Show. That's where you can watch clips of the show free of any censorship and free to watch as well. And then finally, Truth Social. Find me at Real Steve Dace there over on Truth Social. For those of you that listen on the podcast version, thank you so much. Appreciate you. Um, we'll be making an announcement about uh, our future status with the Blaze here shortly. And a lot of that announcement is going to come because of you guys. I mean, you have just explosively grown this podcast over the last few years. So thank you very much. If you could do one more thing for us other than uh, employment, uh, if you leave us a five-star review and hit subscribe or follow, we'd appreciate that as well. And want to say thank you to the thousands of you that have done that for us already. I got so many notes here over the last, I mean, it'll just be two weeks tomorrow that my first attempt at a children's book, Why Thanksgiving, the pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they love God. The amount of notes I have gotten from people and pictures of their kids reading the book, or you reading it to your kids, I mean, that's just been an honor, man. I mean, I just... Thank you. I mean, I just... Like, I just got this note from Scott Cockrell. Just a little while ago, he says, I read Why Thanksgiving to my kids last night. And he sent a picture of him reading the book. By the way, dude, dude's beard game is on point. Okay. I know ZZ Top just lost one of their members last year. He could fill in. The beard game is on point. All right. Uh, what makes the book so good are what I call the it just so happened moments in the story. These are the moments that help us to see and understand the work of a sovereign God and his love for us. There is no such thing as it just happened. These are not accidents. These are not coincidences. The two kids in this picture uh, that I sent you, they're both adopted. There's a, a, a just so happened story that could make even the coldest person believe in a sovereign God. Thank you for writing the book that not only helps me tell the truth about our country to my kids, but also gives me the opportunity to strip down the stories behind the story and point our kids toward their creator. Again, that is from Scott Cockrell. And I've gotten a ton of these kinds of stories. Uh, Publishers Weekly did a story over the weekend and talked about how book sales last week were down across the country about 14%. But in this exact same story, it did say, though, we did actually have one new number one bestseller last week. Can you guess what Book Publishers Weekly mentioned in that story? This one right over here. That was the one they put in the story. That's a yo. That was a yo. Yeah. So... Why Thanksgiving? Uh, the pilgrims started Thanksgiving for the same reason they came to America, because they loved God. It is available now. You can get your copy, bookstores everywhere, Amazon.com as well. And um, it looks like we had a successful pilot. And Post Hill's already bugging me about, so what's the next one going to be about? <laughs> All right. So who knows? I might do that on my Christmas break. That's when this one got written, was over Christmas break this last year. So I might uh, write another one over the next Christmas break and let's see what happens. So just incredibly cool. Just thank you guys very much. It's, it, it's a great honor when you take time out of your day 
to invest in our content. It seems like it's an extra special honor, though, when you allow your kids to be exposed to it. And let's be honest, this is not a show for little kids. It's always been a PG-13 show. We, we discuss very adult subject matter because what's going on in the country is very adult subject matter, right? Okay. Um, you know, so it's not customary that we would ask, let alone bless the idea of letting your little ones sit around and watch and listen to this show. I mean, I didn't let my little kids watch and listen to the show when they were, you know, small. Um, so you never know what's going to happen when you actually create content specifically for the first time. And so just to see you guys let us have access to your precious little ones, it's just a tremendous honor. And I just wanted to say thank you very much. Let's get to the Ask Me Anything this week, brought to you by our friends over at Patriot Mobile. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in uh, in Texas. Uh, Patriot Mobile got involved in supporting candidates and causes there. The left started losing their minds, threatening cancellation. And that's what happens when you're really America's only American mobile phone company. Aren't too many places these days where you can avoid completely and wholly doing business with people who hate you, or at least bow down to the people that do. Luckily, one of those places is with your mobile phone. Make the switch today to our friends at Patriot Mobile. You'll probably get the exact same network you already have because pretty much everybody has the same network these days. But now you'll get excellent customer service and the satisfaction of knowing you're supporting a company that supports your values. If you're a veteran or first responder, let them know when you go to make the switch. They'll offer you even bigger savings as a way of saying thank you for your service. For the rest of us, get a free activation with the offer code Steve. That's me. Free activation with the offer code Steve when you go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve patriotmobile.com slash Steve or call them at 972-PATRIOT you guys know how Ask Me Anything works uh, we ask for questions this week it's from our Facebook audience do we have any five star review questions this week uh, two I think Okay. alright so we'll start off with those Todd selects the questions from the pool of them I have not seen any of them at all this week, I did make a request. Every now and then, it doesn't happen often, I will say, because something is pertinent. Hey, if this comes up and you like it, you know, we can move it to the front of the line. Obviously, with the election tomorrow, I did tell you if there are good election questions, you know, let's go ahead and move those to the front of the line. But that's about as, uh, that's about as specific as I get. That's I, true. I like being blindsided with snotty questions. So, Aaron, you ready to go? You bet. We'll begin with our first five-star review question. Comes from Defrab, hashtag CAG, who says, How do you see Mastriano pulling out the wind? The left has effectively painted him as an extremist. Number one, name me the Republican the left has not painted as an extremist. Go. Adam Kinzinger. Thank you. So, I mean, that's, that's just a, that's just a tagline. Um, uh, I mean, that, that's, that's their talking point, no matter who it, Mehmet Oz is an extremist. He's got some fairly significantly different views than Doug Mastriano. It's amazing how our people continue to like, think like, oh no, they called me a bad name instead of like Christian nationalists, instead of embracing just, oh, well, that's really nice of you. I appreciate it. Now let me elaborate yes. on what I plan on doing with that label. You know, we got to stop being afraid of these words. Correct. Um, yeah, I, I, if Doug Mastriano doesn't win tomorrow, that will not be why. Uh, if he doesn't win tomorrow, there will be two reasons why. And uh, number one, 
your state is gone. That's the number one reason why. Your state is gone. You should consider leaving and moving somewhere else. Number two, um, he lacked the funding to take advantage of an opportunity. And I don't know which one is one and which one is two. And and they probably feed into each other a little bit. But I mean, I, it, the same thing we said about New York and the other places, I'm totally willing to be proven wrong tomorrow. I want to be. All right. I, I want Daniel to text me. Stop telling me to move. Okay. Um, there aren't any red states anyway, Steve. I want him. To, I want. I want him to send me that text tomorrow. I want. I want to put Shannon on the show next week and let her tell me to go outside and pick your switch. Okay. How dare you? I want this to occur, and I think in some of these places it's going to. All right. But we don't do fallacies here on this show. If it is true that if these places switch tomorrow I, and, and flip red, I have to admit that I, I prematurely um, condemned them, essentially, or wrote them off. That's true, right? Yep. And, and I'm preemptively admitting that. And, and I, I want to be faced with that opportunity, okay? Well, a fallacy is when you assert one thing on one end and then pretend like the inverse of that statement also then would not be true. Right? We're into congruencies, not fallacies. So if it is true that I will have to accept some comeuppance of these places I've told the audience to write off and leave, flip red tomorrow, then what is the inverse? Is the inverse then not also true? If, if in this environment with no distractions, no excuses, none, a president with a historically low approval, rate, approval rating and dementia who has historically low approval ratings with blacks, historically low approval ratings with Hispanics, is going to lose independence by upwards of 20 points tomorrow, and now white suburban women have left, or at least the non-Karen ones have. If you still can't flip these places in this environment, then I, I, I don't know what would be the environment that would allow, that would allow you to do it. Like... Whatever, 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 how bad it has to get. I don't want to have, do you want to live in that America? I don't No. Because if this won't do it, dude, then, then (laughs) let's not find out how bad it has to get for that to work itself out. So if sanity is on the ballot, as you said, Todd, then what is also on the ballot? Insanity. Insanity. Yeah. So if sanity is on the ballot, again, we don't do fallacies here, only congruencies. If, fa- if fantasies are, if, if sanity's on the ballot, then insanity is too. And if you vote for insanity, then, then you should leave those places. There's no, p- if those places, if they can't be flipped, the hour is too late. The hour is too late. Get out. So just like I'm hoping after this election, I will have to take a flogging. Uh, which I will gladly say, thank you, sir. May I have another? If insanity holds on, I will be breaking out the flogger. Know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Moving on, we will go to our second and final five-star review question, who says, my coworker informed me today he is 26 and has only voted once in his life. He said he isn't educated about voting, because things are too confusing and he doesn't care much anyway. What's a good way to respond to somebody who doesn't see the point in voting? Ask questions. What are you confused by? 
without knowing that person at all, just based on what you said, I can see this going one of two ways after asking some questions. Mm -hmm. You could say, thank God you're not voting. I hope you yeah. never ever vote. Yep. Or yes. you could say, with just a little work, yeah. here's exactly what That's you why you ask questions. Yes. Because you're trying to find out if it's a false objection, if that's a person you want to persuade to vote, or if it's a person you know. Mm. <laughs> that's why. Don't go Amway. Don't go Jehovah's Witnesses. Don't go into a spiel. Okay? Ask questions. The Jesus way is to ask questions. Huh? Who do the people say that I am? Oh, well. What do you think the greatest commandments are? What do you think the law means? Huh? Where did John the Baptist get his power to baptize from? You see, ask questions. Ask questions. Prick the conscience. Get those synapses firing. And you know what you might find out? Todd's right. You might be thankful they're not voting. On the other hand, you might find that there's a person there that could just use, you know, a little encouragement. That's why I would ask questions. What are you, what are you confused by? And just start the conversation from there. With a lot of these people, I think you're going to get a version of answer that when you ask, you ask them, what's most important to you in your life? Don't ask a, an overtly political question. That is a political question, but don't ask about Republicans or Democrats. What's most important to you in your life? And you're going to find out a lot of these people that be, being, being a citizen is not even remotely close to then being you, on the list. Then you want them exactly where they are, which is off the board. Yeah. Because at this point, if they're not being emotionally manipulated yeah. as sheeple by the spirit of the age, count that as a win. Yes. Next up, we go to Nathan Mers, who asks, and this is from Facebook now, what percent of American churches do you think heard anything about the importance of voting and how we vote this weekend or at any time in the last year? Too low. And I'll say this because I got to be held accountable. Our church has had the last couple of months the best and most convicting and confrontational in their style of, you know, everybody, confrontation is essentially um, confronting an opposing view. It's not a, it's an act. It's not a style. We've often defined confrontational as a style, okay? But it's, an, it's actually, it's a verb, not an adjective. Meaning that I am in the way. I'm interposing yeah. against something that is opposite of what I know to be true. The style in which I choose to do so can be quite expansive, okay? Um, but we have turned confrontational into an adjective. It's, it, it, when, when you walk into Nana's house and realize, I got to stop dropping F-bombs, did she like get up in your grill or would you, did you just know in her presence? Right. That ain't going to fly here. Okay. And she's over there baking cookies. That ain't flying. So clean up your, clean up your act. Very confrontational, even though she's your adorable doting grandmother. So confrontational is not an adjective. It is a verb. And our church has done over the last couple of months, the best successive run on confrontational interposing versus the, uh, the spirit of the age series of messages I've ever heard since we've been going to this church and I mean in a successive period since we've been going to this church, it'll be, it's actually five years now. After I read this though, it dawned on me that this act, the election never did get mentioned yesterday. 
So, yeah, I mean, I got to hold my own church accountable if I'm going to sit here and talk about other people's. Yeah, it, I, in fact, the message was actually very good about confronting the spirit of the age. But now that you mention it, we never did mention the fact that there was an election in the message yesterday. So my answer would be too few. Next, we go to Chris Picking, who says, is the GOP going to wake up Wednesday morning surprised? Charlie Cook, Tim Poole seemed to think it could only be a red ripple. I think we have to define what these terms mean. Like, define a red ripple to me. Does, what would you guys... And I don't know what Tim Poole no, do I. and Charlie Kirk have said, so I don't know what they mean by that. All right, so let's say, do you let's guys just, want to take a stab yeah, at it? Okay, so let's say uh, a one-seat lead in the Senate. Would that be still a one-seat lead in the Senate... How many how many house seats are you projecting? Two hundred and thirty some. I'm, I'm projecting a forty two seat game. Okay, so and they let's have two hundred and six right now. Okay, so let's just say uh, a twenty five seat gain in the house. Okay, is that a red ripple? Short of a wave, still positive for Republicans overall. What are we talking about on the oh. state level? Like like, did Lombardo win governor in Nevada? Did Kerry Lake win governor in Arizona? You see what I'm saying? Lombardo uh, Lombardo wins, Lake wins, Mastriano loses, DeSantis somehow doesn't win by more than 10. Can I offer a okay. another definition? You can sort through it. I okay. would say, and I don't know what they mean by this, but what you mentioned last week, whatever a red wave would look like in a typical change of guard kind of sway this is how things go mm -hmm. let's so uh, you don't have to be as pessimistic as aaron just was whatever that number is to be okay. an actual an actual red wave it's probably as, what he articulated is what i would actually as you say. say but an actual red wave would be more than just a plus one advantage would it not probably although keep in mind it's not a favorable senate map okay you're you're trying to take out democratic incumbents mm -hmm. in pennsylvania Georgia. So even though Georgia okay. is more of a red state, okay. beating incumbents is never an easy thing. We tend to reelect incumbents about 92% of the time. So it is not a favorable Senate map. All right. So, uh, but I'll take what you two said and say, is it possible that Republicans only win the House and don't win the Senate? No, I don't think that's possible. Is it possible they come out of this with only 51 or 52 senators? That would be what I would call probably a well, based on everything, a, you're a, a, a typical wave election. Okay, well, wouldn't you agree with them if this does statistically, if it actually is a red wave statistically? Uh, isn't that a red ripple based on everything we've been talking about? By our standards, historically, it would not be. But by the standards that we have discussed on this show, it would be. But you guys know me. I'm big more in the process than in the outcome. All right? So play poker with me once a month. Even if I know my four of a kind will not win, I will stay anyway to honor the game. You don't ever fold with four of a kind, no matter what it is. Because if, you, if, more, if, I, if I allow myself to get bluffed with four of a kind, that's a process that over course of time is folding with four of a kind a good strategy in no. poker. No. So for every couple of times you might have guessed right when you folded, how many times would you have face planted by folding with mm -hmm. four of a kind because you guessed wrong? So you, play, you, know, so you know the way I operate, very Nick Saban-esque. I believe in the process. Okay? I be, that, that's why I look at fundamentals. 
So to me, I would categorize a red trickle or your typical red wave, as you put it, Todd, and trickle as the question and Aaron put it, would be Hispanic migration doesn't happen to the levels that the data indicates that it doesn't, it doesn't realize itself. And black turnout is not as depressed as it appears yeah. it will be right now. And so really we're just talking about white suburban yes, swing voters that's good moving from, from D to R. That's what we saw in 2018, for example. And that's more of your typical paradigm right. of, a, of a wave, which would seem like a trickle in response to what the data indicates will actually happen tomorrow. Is that fair? Yeah. And then whatever Senate number that is and whatever House number that is, you know, but I'm big into process and, and the fundamentals. The, the fundamentals would be was largely this thing was just determined by white suburban swing voters and the other two things that we think we are seeing, which is uh, a, de a demoralized black base and historic Hispanic migration yeah. to the GOP just doesn't materialize in the end to what we thought we were saying. I think that sums it up. So you're basically running the 2020, the 2012 presidential election, but um, better, better white turnout than Mitt Romney got. If no, that makes yeah. sense. Well, none of that. The Obama coalition holds. The Obama minority coalition holds, but 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 Republicans get better white turnout than Mitt yeah. Romney did. And none of that screams transformation. No, no, so. no. A lot of good people will still win. Yes. Carrie Lake probably still wins, for yes. example. I don't know. Maybe maybe that there is enough of a split that a Blake Masters does not, for example. Okay. Uh, along those lines, a thought just popped into my head. I, I've, I don't know what to make of the polling in Michigan, but I've seen the same poll have Tudor Dixon within like a point or two and mm -hmm. have support for Prop 3 at like six points. What's the what's the odds that that particular dynamic is split in Michigan? I think the odds are far better that that splits than Brian Kemp wins by eight points and Herschel Walker loses. Here's why. Because in a strange way, let me, let me pause for a minute. I want it because this is a great question you're asking me. Make, I want to make this very clear as I look at you directly into the camera. What I'm about to say is a political analysis, an observation, not a moral one. Let me repeat this. What I'm about to say is a political analysis, an observation, not a moral one. Gentlemen, what am I about to say? Something that no matter how many times you say it will be forgotten in short order. Yes, yes. but it's not, it, it, but it is not a what? Moral calculation. Moral calculation or endorsement. Correct. Gretchen Whitmer did an interview this morning, or actually put a video out this morning, uh, talking about defending the rights of those who have periods. Could I see in a state like Michigan a Naomi Wolf vote huh. where I am, where she's not, if you've, if you've read what she has written post row, she's not pro abortion, maybe like what she was in the nineties, but still absolutely believes that abortion has to be an option on the table to some extent for women. Okay. Um, but she's adamantly against COVID policies, the jabs, the shutdowns, what we did to schools, the masks, uh, eliminating women, you know, and replacing them with biological men. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Could Prop 3 produce, particularly with the Republicans running a woman as a nominee? Could Prop 3, could there be suburban women in places like Royal Oak? Or uh, the really wealthy area, the suburb, I'm trying to remember where like Matt Stafford and those people lived. Um, Could there be white women in those places that have had enough and think the gender stuff has gone too far. But then they're, they're, they could then justify voting Republican because Prop 3 gives them insurance as pro-choicers. Yeah, I could see that. I think that's far more likely than Brian Kemp wins. Maybe I'm thinking of Sterling Heights, maybe is the place I'm thinking of. There's, forgive me, I've not, not lived in Michigan in, since 1995, but I, I think that that's far more likely that like Tudor Dixon would, would like win by a point or two and Prop 3 would barely pass. I think that vote splitting is far more likely than Brian Kemp wins by eight points statewide and Herschel Walker still loses. Far more likely. I get it. Okay. And again, not a moral calculus. I should have made a lower third for you real quick. Just okay. That's flashing not, uh, that on the screen. You Mark. guys know I think that I think that uh, you know whoever even came up with the idea of putting Prop three on the ballot should be arrested. Okay, that's my moral calculus. Yes. All right, but you, I was asked a political question, yes. and so I answered it. Yeah. Next, we go to Joshua Scott with a little longer setup here. We see that God judges nations for disobedience to His law in Scripture. For example, God drove out the nations of Canaan for disobeying His statutes, as He explained in Leviticus. Repentance is a necessary condition for forgiveness and being spared judgment. Given that the red tsunami, red wedding that appears imminent is not connected in any visible way of repentance, how can we have any confidence that the present judgments, as in Romans 1 that you guys discuss all the time, that our nation is already clearly under, will be ceasing? There is none. Exactly. This is where the rubber meets the road, yeah, brother. There, there absolutely is none. Here's the thing, though. Romans 1 also, though, doesn't include the line, and because these things are happening in a culture... Believers who live there no longer have a responsibility to stand up for what they believe in, but instead to just realize it's all over but the shouting and just uh, keep silent and, uh, you know, like um, Jonah in the VeggieTales version uh, of, of you just, you know, uh, have the umbrella, the drink with the umbrella in, them, in, in it and uh, sit down in the lawn chair and watch the sulfur fall. No. no, we're not permitted to do that. Go to Nineveh. But no, go to Nineveh. Yeah, we, we 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 still have to we we still have to manifest our witness regardless of what we are witnessing around us. We don't we don't have another option. Our our life is not our own. And by the way, let me say this: Who was that, Joshua? Yep. I'm not saying Joshua that you are intimating that. If anything, what you might be intimating is even if this goes our way, we've got some. Real problems yeah. up in here. Yeah. And so chances are you're saying that, okay? And so I agree with that too. But I want to make it patently clear that we still do what is right that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We still do what is right, regardless of what is going on right around us. Period. Period. But are we going to... If this is a red wedding tomorrow... Did we save America? No. No. We made a statement. 
a power, a potent and powerful one, mm-hmm. that there, there will be some pushback on behalf of sanity and reality. Here's, here's what this is. It's a sternly worded, worded letter, letter to the spirit of the age. That's yeah. what a red wedding tomorrow is. Yes. That then needs to, that, that threatens action that then must be followed up upon. Yep. Okay. If there's one thing that much of what Trump did, I did not like is just personality stuff that in the end doesn't matter because most of the time the results were good. The one thing pre COVID, the one thing fundamentally he did wrong though, is the constant threatening of aggressive action against the enemy, which would then gin up their base and get them all, you know, fired up and then like, eh, not follow through. So now you're at, you're getting the maximum blowback of the other side's base while you depressed your own. Like, DeSantis didn't threaten Disney for two weeks before. No, he just got up one day and we're like, whoa, he just, he just tagged him in broad daylight, just acted. Um, so he's actually the guy shooting people in the middle of the street. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So don't. That's the one thing. You know. If, if the, we get the results we want tomorrow, they actually come with a responsibility that is incumbent upon us. Do not show up to the exorcism if you are not willing to perform it. All right, it's time to up your kitchen knife game with Kamikato knives using traditional techniques. Kamikato crafts beautifully. Steel knives sourced from Japan, each blade made with techniques that have been honed and perfected by generations of knifesmiths. And they also come in beautiful heavy-duty ash wood boxes. Every blade individually inspected and comes with a lifetime guarantee. And because of their single bevel edge, Kamigato knives can achieve a wickedly sharp edge, the kind you just can't get with other knives. They are cut through your ribeye like butter sharp. So if you want to try Kamikado knives today, they are offering an extra $50. off site-wide on top of their forthcoming Black Friday sale. Go to kamikado.com slash dace, K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O. That's how it's spelled. K, as in Kmart. They had underrated ham sandwiches when we were kids back in the day. Kamikato, K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O dot com slash dace. Kamikato dot com slash dace. Get an extra $50 off right now at Kamikato dot com slash dace. That sounds like a nightmare, like something you would dream about in the middle of. Yeah, I I had a dream. I was at Kmart and eating a ham sandwich. What what in the world? Remember, you got to remember, man. I grew up on, you know, when I was little. It's not that government cheese, no, no, no. food stamps, it, Kmart it, ham sandwiches were good. I man. didn't even know they did. They have like a but food court or they something. They did. They had like a deli. Yeah, you're they talking about like the restaurant that used they used used to have a cafeteria inside Kmart, and the ham sandwiches are really good. Yeah, we had a restaurant inside our Kmart in Madison, Wisconsin. It was called Renabombs. Is oh, that had, what you're was, talking about? No, there was a Kmart when I was really little. Kmart had like its own cafeteria inside, and the ham sandwiches were really good. We used to, I used to have lunch there. 
My, As a little my kid. grandma used to take us to Renabombs all the time. Fond memories. Okay. Happy Is that the place Mark. that uh, had like the siren or the... The blue light special? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, blue light special. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's a blast from the past. Wait, yes, it is. He doesn't even know what a Kmart is? Yeah. <laughs> is that the... Really? There was once... I just said... Was once I just gave you a specific fact about Kmart, Todd. Seer, How did when, you get that from... When, I don't... I know what a Kmart is. I mean, I've been there before. When we the, were growing I just, up... Do, no, I couldn't remember I which... I was ripping on me because that makes me old if you don't know what Kmart is. Because uh, we were growing up, Sears and Kmart were the number one and yeah. two retail stores in America. Now, neither one of them exists. So Kmart does not exist at all? No, they're gone. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I, was I, think there's, me. Jace, I think there's Montgomery Wards is basically well, yeah, JC Penney's is hanging by a thread right now. Oh, I forgot about them. Yeah. Man. Never. I think there's actually a few Sears home stores, but yeah, man. How many followers did we just lose to our subscriptions because of the conversation we just <laughs> I had? Mean, I, what, I, sorry, I, America. I, one, company. Dude, one of the greatest days for the, on the kid calendar growing up was about this time of year, right before Thanksgiving. Early November, when the when the Sears Christmas catalog would come in the mail, and going through that massive Christmas you know gift list, that was the first time I saw the full spread of the Kenner Star Wars Universe toys when we were little. Was in the Sears Christmas catalog. I mean, that was, you know, for if, if they had done a Christmas story based on growing up in the seventies and eighties. Instead of the, what was that, the 30s or pre-World War II, I think is when the story takes place. If they had done it growing up in the 70s and 80s, the day that the Sears oh. Christmas catalog comes in the mail would have absolutely been an integral part of that plot line for sure. Yeah. Well, you were just talking about like a Steve Dace version of a Christmas story, which made you think, did you see the trailer for the, sec- the new I knew Christmas there's, story? I knew there's a new one, but I've not seen the trailer. I got to be honest, I saw it and I watched it with, dear God, this is, the trailer shows promise that's all i will okay. say right. i it's not greatness I, all but i i thought it would be something that would you can't there's no way you can meet the expectations at least the trailer gives you a modicum of hope that's my son noah's favorite christmas oh it's is a christmas there's story. a new christmas story yes yeah with oh the my. original actors yeah he's that, they're all grown up yeah. and he's has his own kids now yeah uh-huh. you know he's a big time hollywood producer yeah, yeah. like in the mcu and stuff yeah. like that he well, produced elf him. He's yeah. like the assistant in the original Iron Man. Yes, he helped produce that movie. Yeah, I had no idea. And uh, and and that's how those guys all produced Elf together, and that's how they got the director. What's his face? Who I can't oh, remember. Oh, really? Yeah. Feige. No, 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 the director of the film. Yeah, who directed oh, Elf? Oh, this film. Plays, um, that directs the Star Wars uh, shows now. Not yeah. Filoni, but the other guy whose name escapes me. But who was in Swingers? Well, he plays yeah. Happy. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Why can't I think of his name? Because yeah, we're getting old now. Yeah. But wow. Uh, yeah. They, Peter, whatever his name is, who plays the kid in A Christmas Story, is like one of the most successful producers in Hollywood. We went from Kamikado Knives to <laughs> yes, I know. the assistant in Iron Man People at, at light home are speed. Wondering. Well, we got to get a lot in. This is like the only time the three of us are going to be in a room together for a week after this. So we've got a lot of ground to cover. Anyway, let's talk to the listeners. <laughs> it's Kmart. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lynn Waldy. Is there any hope of Mitch McConnell being ousted as the Senate Majority Leader in January? Um, no, because they're going to decide that before January. Uh, they'll try to have McConnell will try to have leadership elections like soon, like before Thanksgiving, like that soon. So he doesn't want to give you too much. Doesn't time want to give you too much it. time to think about it. Now, the cool thing is that really at any time you can have a leadership election because it's not like Speaker of the House. Okay, so at any time you can have a Senate leadership election if there's just enough people willing to show that they lack within the caucus that are like, hey, we want to call the question. We don't have confidence in you as a leader. Um, But to get rid of him 
you need Trump to put his thumb on the scale. And Trump needs to anoint. My, I'm told from little birdies that Trump was willing to do that, actually, and anoint Rick Scott from Florida as his alternative to Trump. I'm sorry, to ditch. But that Rick Scott thinks he's going to run for president. So he didn't want to do that. That's what I was told about a month or two ago. There's so much that's baffling about what you just said. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, moving on. Nicole Mooneyham Mitchell says, you keep saying that the polling margin is too big to cheat. Prior to 2020, I'd believe that. But there's no repercussions, so why wouldn't they? No consequences, media on their side, et cetera. And by the way, with ju- just about every question that I presented, it is represented by almost 10 that say the same thing. Like People are absolutely convinced, Steve, there's... They're going to try to cheat. They want to cheat. Maybe it's the margin is too big, but cheating's on the table. There's a version of this all over the place. Well, have I ever said they're not going to try to cheat? No, no, no. Have I and ever they're s- not condemnatory, okay. but they're, they okay. really want one last insurance. Right. So I, they don't have the massive mail-in ballot harvesting scheme comprehensively across the country that they had before. They don't have the polling narrative where they could tr- justify it and say, well, the reason why Republicans won 14 House seats in an election that Trump lost is we told you for four years that Trump was just uniquely unpopular. It's a unique rebuke of him as an individual and his personality that people just wanted it to be rid of him. And that's our cover story to explain all these incongruencies in the data. They don't have any of those narratives at all. None. Um, it is not easy by any reasonable stretch of the imagination, is it easy to produce and overwhelm this kind of a disadvantage? Look at the amount of cheating that went on in Georgia, for example. And that state was decided by 13,000 votes. Look at the amount of cheating that went on in Pennsylvania, for example. And that's when they had the narrative and they had the, 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 the machine and that state was decided total by 81,000 or fewer than 81,000 votes. So replicating what they did in 2020 with this system and with this turnout, it's not that they don't want to or won't try to. They cannot. The margins will be beyond what are achievable. Holistically. Could the margins in Pennsylvania be short enough that they could do it in Pennsylvania again? Sure. And is there enough polling in that state? Shapiro's had a solid lead over Mastriano. You know, there's still there's still plenty of polls that have Fetterman within the margin for error or even beating Oz. Okay. So I, I here's the question I have. How many of the people that send us these notes live in Pennsylvania? Because if I did, I'd be worried. But I don't live in Pennsylvania, remember, and I'm doing a national show. So holistically, nationally, they couldn't do it. If they they want to, I'm sure they'll try to. And so maybe Paul Laxalt wins in Nevada by two instead of five. But it's it's incredible what they did in this last election. And still look how scant the margins were. They don't have a preemptive cover story like the polling narrative. They don't have that. They don't have mass systemic mail-in ballots everywhere in the country. They do in a few places. So if you live in Pennsylvania right now, 
maybe you should be worried. If I lived in Georgia, I would not be worried. If I lived in North Carolina, I would not be worried. Maybe if I lived in Michigan, I might be a little worried. If I lived in Wisconsin, I would not be worried. Could I add a little bit to that as well? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, this is stealing and I'm sorry, fortifying an election is something that takes time and infrastructure. And even in 2020, they had prepared for that ahead of time, as we later found out. You have to have time to fill out uh, phony ballots or or fraudulent ballots or dubious ballots. Let's Correct. put it like that. Yep. And you have to have a lot of them. That takes time and effort. So this this might be out of left field. Let's just pretend that this is not just a red wedding, but it is like uh, extinction, like a literal extinction level event for Democrats. Like like everything other than California Falls. Mm, that's where I'm going, actually. Okay. All right. Let's say it's it's so catastrophic that California, we're waking up or it's in the middle of the night. California's in play. You know where the least likely place for election fraud to happen is? There, because they've not California. had to run it before. Yep. So they'd be caught flat footed. Yep. Does that kind of illustrate what you're saying? Yeah. In that fictional scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. Moving on. Bethany Eaton says, will Biden somehow declare the election invalid? When I, first, when I read the question before Aaron read it out loud, I thought it said, will Biden be declared an invalid? <laughs> I thought about, yeah. Discuss. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go with yes. Uh, let's see. Russell Antley. <laughs> wait, wait, we can't. No, no, no. We can't go blasting past that so quick. This is because it's been my prediction so many times. This is they want to declare the democracy illegitimate. We, we're the people we've been waiting for, and democracy is beneath us. Isn't this right. they justified in a couple of places where the election after George W. Bush won in 2004, I mean, they went on a decade is, long fight against the Electoral College, yeah. for example. Yeah. Look at what political that tweet. That Aaron featured, mm -hmm. not that tweet, that story, that headline. That's what they're setting For up. For those of you that don't remember, Politico has a headline this morning that literally says, yes. the voting machines that you get, that you conspiracy theorists claim were hacked in 2000 weren't, but they could absolutely be vulnerable to hacking in 2022. That's literally the story. They're that they're shameless. Run. I agree. They are that shameless. Yeah. Uh, moving on. I Russ answered yes, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Russell Antley says... What are the odds of the left hitting the streets like 2020 if the red tsunami or wedding actually occurs? Well, you're stealing my thunder because one of my 10 predictions for next year I was planning on is that we see unprecedented levels of urban um, breakdown, violence, rioting. It's not even a prediction. You're just doing the math, man. Yes, in an, in an attempt to destabilize Republican governors in places like Wisconsin, Minnesota, or DeSantis in Florida, even Cary Lake for sure in Arizona. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, if the Republican governor in Oregon, even if she's just two steps away from being a communist herself, the fact she would dare put an R after her name. I mean, I could see Portland go up in flames, whatever's left of that city as it is. Uh, yes, yes. Next, Donna Payaloni. I'm sorry I butchered your last name, Donna. I just went to my grandson's baptism today. I have three grandsons and one granddaughter. If any of these lives try to groom them at any time, the last thing they will have to worry about is who I'm voting for. Am I wrong? Nope. That a girl. You nope. get what time it is. Nope. 
Donald R. Richard says, Whitney Webb's interview on this past weekend's Glenn Beck podcast is a must-watch. Not sure from this that Elon is our friend. Is there anyone or anything outside of the creator of the universe that we can trust even a, bit, a little bit? Nope. Because here's the thing. Even if you have humans who share your convictions, they also have temptations. I share your convictions. I have temptations. I may succumb to those temptations that mean makes that that dis disallows me the opportunity to help fight with you on shared convictions. So, no, in the end there is no one is good but God. In the end there is nobody you can trust other than God. But we act like that's a, a <laughs> yeah, man. I guess the only thing we can trust is the only undefeated force in the history of the cosmos. We're on our last, we're on our last lap here. You know? I, 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 See, we don't even I, know th what that, that means isn't that anymore. A, isn't, isn't that a good place to be? It is if you know what that means. People just have do their own thing all the time, and then it, they get... They get things actually reversed. They get the second commandment. What are the two greatest commandments? You talked yeah, about this a couple yeah. weeks ago. What are the two greatest commandments? But they put the second one first. Right. If, if you mean this, though, as a lament about the loss of institutions that were meant to defend us from this, then we all are mourning that, too. And those were venerable institutions, many of them founded in our own beliefs, ideologies, and traditions. So... Yes, it's okay to mourn that they have been lost to the spirit of the age, but it was always going to turn out this way. There is no forever human kingdom. There's only one forever kingdom, and that is the kingdom of God. Before we get out of here, in these unprecedented times, Bing. make sure you absolutely dare not get into the real estate market without an agent that you can trust. Steve, where would I find one of those? Well, we made it as simple for you as possible. Head over to realestateagentsitrust.com today. Provide us with some basic info, and then our team will reach out to you to make an introduction to one of our preferred agents whose track record of full-time career success has been fully vetted. We've got a waiting list of thousands of agents waiting to get into our database. Why are they waiting? Because we vet them before we put them in there. We don't just recommend you to anybody or anybody to you. Chances are, too, that the agent will recommend to you will be somebody right out of this audience. So the bonuses, they share your values often as well. And you can't make it any simpler than this. Just go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Once again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. Uh, that's it for... Uh for Ask Stace Anything, you need to go check out Dacian memes for unvaccinated fiends latest. It's a, it's a guy lying in bed, stirring, and wakes with a start to say, and clutches his chest and says, I dreamt I was at Kmart eating a ham sandwich. <laughs> Doesn't that seem like something... <laughs> I cannot be the about? only person in this massive audience that, that that remembers Kmart had some killer ham sandwiches, man. Where's the white trash represent? Where's the west of where's the rest of white trash America? It sounds delicious. I'm with you. <laughs> I like ham. <laughs> it's a true story. This was for real. I'm not imagining it. It happened. Daisy and Christmas story would be glorious. All right, we're done here. We'll see you tomorrow. I'll be in Dallas. They'll be here. 
John 3, 17. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.